0: Mel
1: and Kel, and this is It's Called Culture. Ever heard of it? What do you think is the appropriate time that you can say Happy New Year to somebody? How far into, I guess, the month of January can you say Happy New Year? I would probably say like just that
0: first week, like that first week after New Year's, like once it's been seven days past the new year, I think you got to let it go.
1: So you wouldn't. Say, so what if you didn't see people in January, but you saw them like beginning with first day of February, you saw them. No. And they they say it to you, like, oh, hope you had a good new year. Do so you say it back? Just nothing. Don't even.
0: Oh, do I You're say it of... back? Uh, I definitely wouldn't <laughs> say it first. That's for, okay. for sure. I definitely wouldn't say it.
1: Because there's an episode of Kirby Enthusiasm where Larry, the guy that created Seinfeld, he has his own show on HBO and it's funny. But there's an episode where someone wishes him a happy new year. He's like at the gym and he's like, he flips out on them because he's like, it's too late to say happy new year. And they're like, what do you mean? It's only like a month in. He's like, you got a week max. <laughs> <laughs> so like, it's true. A week. The week the most.
0: I I think so. Yeah. I mean... No, you can't be yeah. saying it. You can't. You can't be saying it a month later. You can't. February has February vacation for schools, mm-hmm. and that's like a whole. Like you've had so much time since New Year's that you needed a new set of vacations. <laughs> so I don't think that you get to still be talking about something from last vacation.
1: That's a good point. That's a good point. By that time, we already added a whole new set of vacation time. Maybe use it.
0: Exactly. So, anyways, we did an episode a while back on. Anxiety. Yeah. Well, we did like a Portuguese version, a Gneish episode, and then we did like our American version of anxiety episode. And we promised that we were going to keep medical anxiety separate, yeah. and that we would do a separate episode on that. So here we are, and we're doing our medical anxiety episode today.
1: I was intrigued by the fact that I was. I did a little research, and I know you did too, about hypochondria. Being a hypochondriac, I consider myself one. I think you might have at one point did too, maybe still do. I'm not really sure. Maybe at some times you do. They don't consider that as like a term anymore. It's called illness anxiety disorder. I like hypochondriac.
0: <laughs> I wonder if there was a negative connotation associated with it, or I don't know.
1: I got my info from mayoclinic.com if anyone wants to read it, read about it. And they said that. It no longer includes hypochondriac as a diagnosis. People previously diagnosed with hypochondriac may be diagnosed as have an illness, anxiety disorder. You can no longer call yourself a hypochondriac anymore. It's
0: out. I wonder, so like what the hypochondriac term actually meant, because I'm looking at like the etymology and it says the hypochondrium, or the uppermost region of the abdomen.
1: Oh, and that's where you get your a lot. <laughs> so maybe that's why.
0: So hypochondria in late Latin meant the abdomen. Hmm.
1: Get your chest pains when you're anxious.
0: Yeah. So it says the term reflected the ancient belief that the viscera of the hypochondria were the seat of melancholy and sources of the vapor that caused morbid feelings. <laughs> I have morbid feelings every day. (laughs) (laughs) Until the early 18th century, the term referred to a physical disease caused by imbalances in the region that was below your rib cage, i.e. this of the stomach or digestive system. Everything from too much spittle to rumbling in the guts. Okay. I don't really know how it's different from generalized anxiety disorder because I think Generalized anxiety disorder, I guess, is more broad because it's not mm-hmm. just medical. It's, it's just that state of having more anxiety than you should about something right? in general. And it could be medical or it can be just day-to-day stuff about anything. So I, I don't know, maybe hypochondria is like a subset of that anxiety disorder. And now it's called
1: illness, anxiety disorder. Yeah, because hypochondriac is somebody that I always thought, like I considered myself a hypochondriac. Like I literally thought I had every disease in the book. Like, if I Google something, I'm like, oh, yep, I definitely have that. I literally could not have any symptoms of this disease, but in my brain, I made myself believe like I had it. So that's what I thought when someone was a hypochondriac. Yeah, they say illness anxiety disorders, which the focus of the fear and worry is on uncomfortable or unusual physical sensation being an indication of a serious mental condition. Also, that you worried excessively that you are or may become seriously ill you may have zero physical symptoms or you may believe that minor symptoms are a sign of severe illness So, if you have like a stomach ache and think oh like oh crap my stomach hurt it's got to be stomach cancer
0: so when you're doing stuff like that and you're researching symptoms for all these diseases and stuff online they all are so broad and they're like overlapping too like the mm-hmm. symptoms are not like this specific symptom that like oh my god if you have this symptom you definitely have this disease they're just the symptoms are so broad it's like oh i have chest pain or i have head pain the symptoms can be there for like a thousand different diseases yeah
1: like this let's say like the same symptoms for cancer can be like the same symptom for like lupus or like a tick-borne illness disease and it's like wait (laughs) like how
0: right i mean i've been tested for like all of those things (laughs) (laughs) Yep. It's easy to just go down the rabbit hole when you're like, oh, I have these symptoms and they match up to what I'm seeing Mm -hmm. here as symptoms for this or that. But the other thing that you just said when you were reading about it was for hypochondriacs, which I'm going to still call them that because I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. The new term is too wordy. (laughs) (laughs) Illness, anxiety disorder. (laughs) For hypochondriacs, you could either have symptoms that you're kind of like catastrophizing or you could have no symptoms at all.
1: Yeah. Your brain just makes you think you do.
0: Right. And i that's interesting because with the generalized anxiety disorder, which we can get into that whole thing, but that's what I got diagnosed with. And I had physical symptoms, mm-hmm. it, like physical yeah. things happening to my body that were quote, anxiety related and I think that a lot of people don't realize that about anxiety, that it's not just in your head. It's like it is in your head, but then it creates symptoms in your body. And like the more you think about it, the worse the symptoms get in your body. But you are actually experiencing those things. Some of them you could see, like at one point I had like head to toe hives. Mm-hmm. right so like that's a physical symptom I can see that people around me could see that so it's not like it's like oh I'm making it up it's all in my head which I think was kind of a stigma of hypochondriacs at one point at least growing up I remember hearing the term hypochondriac and just being like oh those people are a little yeah. crazy like they're making yeah. sure that, that doesn't exist but that's not necessarily how it works
1: yeah I, I always tend to forget that like your anxiety can manifest in like actual physical physical symptoms for the longest time, I I did not realize that. I'm like, oh, shit. Like, of course it does. You're making yourself so sick to the point that, like, it's got to, like, release it out somewhere. So, like, it's going to do it to your body.
0: <laughs> right. Like, your body is taking signals from your brain, which is, like, being like, oh, signals, I'm in distress. Yeah. Or, and so it's, like, changing things in your body. You need to let it go mentally in order for the physical symptom to go away. Yeah. If you feed into it it will get worse.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I'm a big, I feed it a whole freaking meal. So it, gets a, <laughs> <laughs> it gets a whole Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> it, 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 and it's so, it's so hard to not like with everything, God, with everything going on and every disease in the book and the world. It's so hard not to be worried, I guess. Like, mm. I would love to know the feeling of like not being worried about something. Like, my brother has not, like, I think I've said it before, my brother doesn't really have anxiety. But I'm like, wait, but, like, if you have, like, if you have, like, I don't know, like, a symptom, like, if your stomach hurts, or, like, I don't know, you have, like, a really bad headache. Like, you don't He's like, Google. He's like, I don't ever Google any, he's like, I don't Google any health stuff. Like, I don't know why you do. He's like, you know it's always going to say either, like, cancer <laughs> or death. Like, I don't know. And I'm like, oh, I would love to live a life like that. Just one day.
0: <laughs> you know how sometimes when you Google it, It's like a sliding scale. Like you can have like all the different diseases are there and you could just like swipe like left to right across the diseases. And sometimes it just escalates so fast. It's like, like, oh, my God, I have this ear pain. And then you look and it's like, oh, it could just be an earache or you've got three days to live. It's just, like, just the one little swipe of a finger on that little carousel of diseases, and (laughs) you're just, like, you're dead. It's like a
1: fucking dating app. You're just swiping.
0: (laughs) Swiping right or left on, like, which disease you want. I know.
1: (laughs) It's so true. It's always the fucking three days to live. Always. I think, you know how, like, China, like, kind of controls, like, the people's internet usage? Maybe America needs to somehow (laughs) control us googling health stuff <laughs> like you're only allowed to like google one one disease a week maybe <laughs> no you know what they need you know
0: back in the 90s when you'd be in microsoft word and they had that little clippy the little paper yeah, clip that would come up and, like, and he would talk to you they need to have like a little version of clippy that comes up as you're googling your medical stuff and yeah. be like you probably don't have cancer <laughs> you be- should probably just eat something and take a nap <laughs> like just like a little clippy that just keeps coming up with pop-ups
1: that would be freaking adorable <laughs> copyright <laughs> that trademark you already here first <laughs> you don't want freaking like elon musk of the world to take that idea i mean it's pretty brilliant it's awesome <laughs>
0: and i'm i would get sued somehow like someone would have an actual life-threatening disease and (laughs) (laughs) clippy would come up and be like you just need to eat a cracker
1: (laughs) go take a walk
0: (laughs) the way that the symptoms manifest is also not always what you would expect either like i think there are some symptoms of anxiety that are more well known like i think a lot of people know about like having chest pain and stuff like that but then there are some that are just like Not well known, or I didn't know about them for sure when I was going through it. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Not being able to swallow that was one that happened to me. Like, I was, I felt like I was choking on my food. Like, every time I tried to swallow, the food would just get stuck in my throat.
1: That was wild to me when you said that. Well, did you feel like you actually really couldn't? Because when you went to the doctors and they did that test, you were swallowing, right? It was like
0: I physically felt like the food, would, like I couldn't breathe, like the food would go and it would just like sit in my throat like a big lump. Not that there was an obstruction in my throat, but that like my throat was like narrow and like closing up on on the food. You know what I mean? Like not allowing the food to pass through.
1: Then you have to eat like something on a cracker. Like was it like I did you eat iodine? (laughs) Was that, am I making this up
0: <laughs> barium and this happened over a series of like nine months that I had just escalating symptoms and different symptoms and they were morphing into all this crap and I got sent to like every specialist under the sun for each individual symptom and like nobody mm-hmm. was like taking a step back and like looking at it as a whole of like what is going on it would just be like I'd go in with the symptom of hey I can't swallow and they would send me to a gastroenterologist and. He would then be like, okay, for people who can't swallow, this is the test that we do. I guess they do the test at the hospital. That's where they had the equipment. It was called a barium swallow test. It was like barium goo, which I guess is what makes it so that it shows up on the x ray. So it was an x ray machine, but it was like a moving x ray machine. Like it was taking like a video, an x ray video, like a short little clip, like a little TikTok video. Yeah. they would put it on different foods and like they would escalate the difficulty of the food to swallow. So they would start with something like simple, like they would put it on a cracker, like a saltine cracker and they'd put a bunch of like barium goo. And then they would like, what's the food choices here? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So then they put like tuna on the cracker and then the barium goo on top. And I'm like, at one point I was sitting there and I'm like in a hospital gown, like, and I'm just sitting in this x-ray room and I'm eating hospital tuna with barium oh paste on it and i'm like yeah. what is happening where have i gone <laughs> wrong in my life this is what i'm doing right now and then the woman's taking the x-rays and she's just like oh everything looks great look and like i'm looking at them and they fucking barium goo is going right down like there's no issue like they didn't feel like it was necessarily getting stuck like during that time It had at another time, but by the time I went to the hospital to go do the test, my symptoms already morphed into something else. Yeah. Yeah. like Everything takes time, right? To make an appointment, to go to the appointment, to get the results, to have a follow up appointment. And then by the time like that would all happen, my anxiety would have morphed into something different. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't always the same symptom. Like it would start and I'd have one symptom for like a month and then I'd go get seen for it. And by the time like that would all be resolved, like my symptom would be something different. We were just like chasing our tails for nine months. And I like felt like shit the entire time.
1: What was the first initial thing? Do you remember what made you like, okay, like something's wrong?
0: Yes. So it was it was very odd. I prior to this, I would never vocalize that I had anxiety. I didn't really feel like I had anxiety. If you had asked me, I would have been like, nope, I'm good. I don't have an anxiety. It was after I had my kid. It was summertime. I went out with some friends on a boat for the day, and I got a really bad sunburn. Like we were out in the sun all day cooking,
1: as always, because (laughs) Moza always does so. (laughs) I I feel like this. How many episodes
0: have I talked about getting a really bad sunburn? Because that's like the story of my life. Not anymore, though. I don't eat. I don't eat seed oils. (laughs) That's that's a topic for another day. But I got a really bad sunburn, which. It is what it is. I like got sunburn. I was dealing with it. And then, as the sunburn was like starting to like peel and whatever, like it was, it was normal process for a sunburn. And then it just started turning into like hives. Like the sunburn was kind of like going away, but I got really itchy. And then I had full body h- hives. I was breaking out in like bumps and lumps everywhere. Yeah. And it was itchy as hell. And it was like, this is no longer a normal sunburn. Like, I don't know what's going on. Odd things started to happen that like, areas that like like I wouldn't even touch them but I could feel them throbbing. It almost looked like it was like blinking. Okay. But I could look in the mirror and I could like see the red coming and going under my skin.
1: Did you have any burning feeling sensation? It would get
0: very hot in those areas that were like blinking. I was like I don't know what was going on at that point in time. So I was like taking videos and like pictures of like all these areas of my mm-hmm. body that were having this like breakout type of situation the act of me eating a sandwich I would finish and my entire mouth like all around my mouth would have this giant like red area like it, it wasn't rashy in a sense that like my skin was fine it was just like like blood was flushing to that area
1: sorry my life <laughs> you know me my weird fate shit <laughs> no but yeah I get it
0: like I'd be like I just ate a sandwich and now I'm like I can't even go to work I look like a fucking idiot like I just right. my whole mouth yeah. is like red and throbbing and that would happen all the time, like, at like, to, to the touch, like, if, if, like, my arm swiped something, like, all of a sudden, like, it was like, all the blood would rush there and it would start throbbing. And it was just odd. Mm-hmm. I don't ever see a doctor for anything. And prior to this, I hadn't. I think I was, like, meeting her for the first time. Like, I had to, like, select this doctor when I was, like, signing up for my insurance, insurance. through yeah. work as my primary care. But I had, like, never met her because I had never gone you never an went. appointment. Right. Yeah. So like I went in there, I described like what was happening to me, and because it was all like rashy, hivey related, so she sent me to a specialist for allergy.
1: When you showed up to her, did you already had? Did you have like the rash stuff still? I still had it. Yes,
0: and like so she could see some of it on me, and then I was like showing her pictures in the doctor's Mm -hmm. office, and this is my back
1: and these are my legs. This is what would happen to my mouth. Do you want to see (laughs) a video? (laughs) (laughs) No, but that's great, though, that you documented it.
0: I obviously looked like a crazy person. She seemed confused by the whole thing. Like, she was just like, well, it seems like your body's having, like, a a histamine reaction and you need, like, antihistamines and, like, you're fine. So, like, she just made me go on, like, Benadryl regiments or something to that effect. And it did come... Some of the hive situation down, but then it just started morphing. And then I started getting like chest pains. The chest pains weren't going away. And so I'm having like follow ups with my PCP. Mm-hmm. And so then she's like, well, let's send you to cardiology. So then I go to another specialist. Like I was glad I had really good insurance that year because <laughs>
1: <laughs> you definitely reached your deductible, didn't
0: you? Yeah. I went to every doctor under the sun. They made a fucking fortune off of me. The cardiologist did the whole EKG. He was like, it's normal. Everything looks fine. And I'm like, it's not fine. I'm not fine. I'm dying. I'm dying. I'm not fine. Mm. And I started Googling. So because it started with this like rash thing. And it was like right after a sunburn. I started down this like lupus rabbit hole. And I thought I had I I thought I had lupus because it was like I think lupus has like a skin component and like a rash Mm. component and all that and like maybe even some sun sensitivity. So I was like, Oh my god, this like I kicked this whole thing off with this like nasty sunburn. I'm like, Oh my god, I have lupus. And then I'm like asking my mom like, mom do we have a history of lupus in the family or like autoimmune disease and all that stuff and she's like well yeah your uncle has lupus and your grandmother has this autoimmune disease and your cousin has this and i'm like oh no yeah <laughs> so now i go back into my pcp and i tell her i vocalized the fact i was like i think i have lupus and yeah. she must have just been like this girl is fucking nuts right like this is the first time i'm meeting her and this is all happening <laughs> She, she kind of just like brushed the lupus thing under the rug, but then she started like blood work and testing for all these other things. She's like, maybe you have Lyme disease. And so she starts going, testing for Lyme disease, testing my blood platelets and my CBCs yeah. and whatever the fuck they're all called. <laughs> and she's doing all these blood work tests and everything's coming back normal. And I am literally, and I know you're going to, we can like pause here because I know you have stories of this too, but like when you get the lab work back. And they give you like your result. And then like there's like a range of like what's normal. And then you just start Googling. You're like, ooh, I don't know. My white blood cells are looking pretty low. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I know they're in like the range, but like they're on the low end of the range. Like maybe we should be doing some preemptive thing, you know, strengthening of my white blood cell.
1: <laughs> you know me so well. <laughs> so Melissa knows firsthand that I did this. Our friend was getting married, and I so happened, I booked my physical like the same week as our friend's wedding. So it is rehearsal day. I had done blood work early in the morning, didn't think my results were gonna get in. I get my results like right before we're all ready to leave to go to the rehearsal. First thing I do, I start Googleing it and I noticed it was like two things that were flagged. And <laughs> so our friend, it was our friend that got married. I give her a call and I was like, hey, are you with so-and-so? I don't want to drop any names, which was her wife that she was getting married to. It was like, because she's a nurse. I'm like, ask her about my blood work <laughs> on her rehearsal day of their wedding. She had
0: better shit to worry about than your white blood cells on that day from a routine <laughs> physical. But she was a saint and she's a peach and we love her. And she walked you through your blood work. It was like
1: two things were flagged and I Googled and of course the Google rabble hole, freaking sends you to a thing. So I'm like, I can't like, I'm not gonna be able to go through this wedding. And if I don't know what's going on with my blood work and I'm like a couple of days later, because like the wedding was like a, a long weekend. A couple of days later I get an email from my doctor being blood work came back all normal. <laughs> and you're like,
0: but I always feel like they don't know what they're talking about.
1: Yeah, because I always when I see it at the low end of the range, I'm like, is this something we need to like look at and worry about? Depending on what they're checking
0: for. There are things where like it's good to be high and things are good to be low. And so like I don't know right. which one's which, but Same. I'm just like, looking and I'm like, ooh, I don't know. I feel real borderline. <laughs> Maybe this is something to keep an eye on. Maybe I should check back. And and so like, I know you do that. I do it for my dog's blood work, too. Yeah, you do probably even worse than yours.
1: Yeah, I do it for my dog. So it's just, yeah.
0: (laughs) I hadn't really done that before this period. Again, this was like, this was all happening like at the same time. And so I'm like panicking over all the blood work. And like, maybe they didn't do it right. And like, there's no way this is all normal. Like I am dying. Like how would yeah. nothing show up? You're obviously not running the right tests. Yeah, you convince yourself. Mhm. And like the symptoms just kept spiraling. I'm like this is getting worse. Like so in my mind even though like some symptoms were going away as new ones were replacing it, to me it felt like all like it was all cumulative and I was like, yeah. "Oh my god, I'm like I just keep getting worse and worse. Like they're going to come back and they're going to be like you have 3 days to live." And <laughs> <laughs> fucking
1: three
0: days yeah they're gonna be like you have three days to live and I'm gonna be like oh my god I can't even believe it like we spent all this time like I've just been getting worse and worse and worse like and in my (laughs) mind I was that was happening and on the outside I was still having to like go to work and take care of my kid and like see my family and like act like I was normal Mm -hmm. but I was like inside I was like I'm dying and these people don't even know it
1: (laughs) I'm only laughing now because we can kind of joke about it, but it is not, like, I get that fear and I get that pain. So It's like, I don't want to make light of it, but because we know you're fine, (laughs) we can kind of laugh all about it now. Right, and I guess
0: guess the answer to it all is not necessarily that I'm fine, because, like, who knows? I could have some fucking shit wrong with me, but it's the way that you, like, approach it. And so we'll kind of get to that, like, at the end of the episode about, like, the mental aspect of it. But also because of the swallowing thing, like, in addition to that barium swallow test, they did a full-on, like, endoscopy. They they put me under anesthesia, went down, like, did a whole, like, outpatient thing where they went in with a little camera, I guess, down your throat. And so they did a full fucking thing, workup, with this video. And, like, the woman calls me back and she's like, Um, I guess you got like a little hiatal hernia, which is like, I don't know where your esophagus connects to your stomach, maybe. Yeah. Like my my mom has that and that causes like some acid reflux stuff or whatever. But so she's like, but like, it's not that bad. And like, I don't see anything else. Like everything looks fine. And I'm like, oh, God. Like, so it's just like nothing was being
1: solved. You almost want something to show up. Yeah. So you could be like, oh, fucking finally, I have an answer. Right. Well, you don't at the same time right
0: <laughs> they were like oh well i guess we can like put you on like acid reflux medications or whatever so like i went through like all these dumb medications for like no fucking reason
1: they just treat they were just treating the symptoms they weren't like were not like we not like trying to find the cause yeah i, I kind of like got into this funk where i
0: had done all these months of testing and all these specialists and all this stuff and like i had nothing but i was getting worse So then I started getting like numbness in all of my limbs, my Mm -hmm. like arms and my legs would just go numb. I was like, obviously, like I have a blood flow issue. (laughs) Like the blood is not going to get back to like my heart or my lungs or my brain and I'm going to die. It got to the point where it got so bad one day. Like it's, It's so fucking stupid. It was the Super Bowl. Patriots were in the Super Bowl. We had won so many Super Bowls that, like, it, it wasn't even, like, that much anxiety. But, like, anytime your team is in the Super Bowl, yeah. you kind of have a little heightened anxiety. Like, it's yeah. not just, like, watching two random teams in the Super Bowl. Like, you get anxious about the outcome of the game. And especially, I was a really big Patriots fan and Tom Brady and all that. So, I think they won. I don't remember it being, like, super anxious. Like It definitely wasn't. It wasn't the Seattle game where, like, you're at the last second and you're, like, Freaking yeah. out, like it was just like a normal Super Bowl game, and we won. That anxiety paired with I had one espresso martini that day. I'm shaking my head because you know how I feel about espresso martinis. <laughs> All of this like built up anxiety that I had that I didn't know about, on top of the one espresso martini. So like the just the caffeine and the alcohol, and then the stress of the Super Bowl game. Mm-hmm. After the Super Bowl ended, my husband went up to bed. And I stayed downstairs. I watched some of the post game stuff to like settle down and I could not get settled. Like I could, my arms and legs, were everything was like numb. And I was like, I have no blood flow. Like I'm going to die. I went and I was like, maybe if I like lay in the tub, like just kind of like just chill, relax mm-hmm. for a little bit. It'll get better. I think I laid in the tub for the entire evening, like overnight, like the whole night. I just <laughs> sat there sitting up in the tub being like, I can't go to sleep or I'm going to die. If I get out of this tub and I go lay in bed, I won't wake up. <laughs> I'm not going to wake up. So I, my husband wakes up at like six in the morning to go to work that day, yeah. and he comes upstairs. And he's like, "Where? Where have you been? Like, you you didn't come to bed." And I'm just in the top. and I'm like, "I need to go to the emergency room." And he's like, "What do you What do you mean you need to go to the emergency room?" And I was like, "I I can't. I can't feel my arms, and my legs. Like something's happening. I can go to the emergency room. We spend however many freaking hours there. I think we spent the whole day there. Probably they ran." every test under the sun, I probably paid like $5,000 for that. The the guy finally was like, ma'am, like we've ran all these tests and we can find nothing wrong with you. Nothing. Make a follow-up appointment with your PCP and go from there. And I'm like, You're like
1: you know how many times I've gone to my PCP
0: already? Right. Exactly. So I was like, just <laughs> totally defeated. Absolutely defeated. And so I, I dragged my ass to the follow-up appointment to the emergency room visit. And it was a different doctor, a guy I had never seen before. He's like, just give me a minute. Like, I need to process your past nine months. Like, he's like, I just need to, like, read through your chart and, like, see what the fuck's going on. And so he reads through all of it. He leaves the room. He comes back and he gives me this piece of paper.
1: He left the room to go Google stuff.
0: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So he comes back and he hands me a piece of paper. And he says, I need you to fill this out. A screening tool of some kind, right? It. it doesn't say what it's for at the top or anything, mm-hmm. only, but he's just fill out this paperwork. And it was like, like, it was like survey questions. Like it had 21 items on it. And then you had to either put like a zero to a three, depending on like whether that was something you felt none of the time or all of the time or whatever. Yeah. So he tells me, he's like, don't overthink it don't overthink the questions, just look through and just kind of answer quickly, like your first gut reaction to these questions. And I'm I'm going to leave the room while you do it. And I'll be right back in like three minutes. Like, that's all it should take you to fill this out. <laughs> he was like, don't overthink it. Three minutes, he comes back in. And I'm like, I'm on question like number two. And I'm going through and I'm like, "Oh, I just need like a few more minutes. And he's like, I said, don't overthink it. He's like, I'll give you like one more minute tops, but you need to be done with it when I come back in. And I was like, oh, okay. Like. <laughs> I'm sorry, Snoo. <laughs> I was having like anxiety ab- about filling this out. Just the way I was acting was telling him more than he even needed to know. He like tallies up my like answers, looks at the questionnaire, and he was like, okay, you have generalized anxiety disorder. And I was like, well, apparently, I guess to get that official term so that someone can say it's generalized anxiety disorder versus just someone experiencing anxiety the symptoms have to have been occurring for i think six months or longer so it has to be like a sustained condition like a chronic condition instead of just like an acute thing yeah and so because it had gone on for so long at by that point he was like this is a disorder Mm -hmm. i looked it up after the fact the screening tool was called the beck anxiety inventory I pulled it up on my screen and I just want to like read you the questions because like, I bet you're going to be like, oh yeah. Every day. <laughs> do you, do you want an answer? <laughs> we'll talk about them. When he gave this to me, it was supposed to be just based on over the last week. So I think it was like okay. in the past seven days, have you? And then it was these questions. If I were to look at it now, my answers would be totally different. But the the state that I was in at that time that I was seeing him, was bad. So, so that's why I got this diagnosis. But the options are zero. So you give it a zero if it's not at all. You did not experience this thing at all during the past week. Then one was mildly, but it didn't bother me much. Two was moderately. It wasn't pleasant at times. And then three was severely. It bothered me a lot. So you were circling either like a one, zero, one, two, or three for each of these things. And then they would tally up your score at the end. I was off the charts, by the way. But <laughs> <laughs> the first one was numbness or tingling. And so these are all like symptoms of anxiety that you wouldn't necessarily mm-hmm. realize. So numbness or tingling. Like I obviously had just gone to the emergency room for that exact thing. That, yep. Yeah. So I was like, yes, it bothered me a lot. I thought I was going to die.
1: <laughs> yep
0: feeling hot wobbliness in legs unable to relax fear of the worst happening that that one's like off the charts right yeah dizzy or lightheaded heart pounding or racing yep unsteady terrified or afraid <laughs> who is it <laughs> hey, who isn't right like you want to know what's funny As I was answering these questions, I thought that this was normal. Like, I was like, everybody, everybody's going to answer this the way I'm answering this. Like, of course, we're all terrified and afraid, right? Nervous. Feeling of choking. That's not normal. Like, I guess you wouldn't say like, oh, yeah, I feel like I'm choking. But like for me at that time, I was like, yes. And so I'm thinking as I'm filling this out, I'm not thinking that this is anxiety shit. Right. Yeah. I'm just like, oh, my God, like he- these are all my symptoms. I'm like, he's going to diagnose me like he knows what I have. Like he's going to yeah. diagnose me with whatever <laughs> life changing disease I have. You know, like I'm like, this is it. Like feeling of choking, like, holy shit. Like this is these are all my symptoms.
1: I'm marking all of the all of these. So he's got to know what I have.
0: <laughs> right. So I'm like, oh, my God, I'm going to find out like what I'm what I'm dying from. Yeah. <laughs> Hands trembling, shaky, unsteady, fear of losing control, difficulty in breathing, fear of dying, number three. Three all day. I was like, yup. Fear of dying in the last seven days. I was like, right every day I have a fear of dying. What do you mean? Can I like give that can I give out a (laughs) ten? Scared, indigestion, faint or lightheaded, face flushed which is like that was all the redness I was experiencing, hot and cold sweats. And then you sum up all of your numbers. So here's the scale. I guess like if you had a grand sum of between 0 and 21 points, that indicates very low anxiety. That's usually a good thing. However, it's possible that you might be unrealistic in either your assessment, which would be denial. Or that you have learned to mask the symptoms commonly associated with anxiety. Too little anxiety could indicate that you are detached from yourself, others, or your environment. So that's interesting. I never heard that like too little anxiety was a problem. Yeah. Then there's like the middle category, which is like, I'm guessing like a healthy amount of anxiety or like a normal amount of anxiety. Mm-hmm. It's a sum of 22 to 35 points indicates moderate anxiety. Your body's trying to tell you something. Look for patterns as to when and why you experience the symptoms described above. For example, if it occurs prior to public speaking and your job requires a lot of presentations, you may want to find ways to calm yourself before the speaking or let others do some of the presentations. You may have some conflict issues that need to be resolved. Clearly, it is not panic time, but you want to find ways to manage the stress that you feel. So that's like, I think, where most people would fall in that category. A grand sum that exceeds 36, which I think I was like, whatever the highest number you can get, like I was up there. Like yeah. I, was, I was well over 36. I was not borderline in any way, shape or form. And it's a potential cause for concern. <laughs> Again, look for patterns or times when you tend to feel the symptoms you have circled. Persistent and high anxiety is not a sign of personal weakness or failure. It is, however, something that needs to be proactively treated or there could be significant impacts to you mentally and physically. You may want to consult a physician or counselor if the feelings persist after he told me I had generalized anxiety disorder I was in denial I was like no I don't I have a great life
1: I like that you're you're in denial for that but you're like going to the other doctor to be like (laughs) I have lupus (laughs) you're okay with that diagnosis
0: exactly because it was something like I could understand but like the anxiety thing hit me I should have seen it like it was so obvious but I didn't I didn't see it at all and I was like no i have a good life i have a good job i have a good husband i have a, a brand new child that I, I love and i'm i'm thriving i was like i, I, yeah. I so like, i don't have i have a great life like i i do not have anxiety like you you are mistaken and he was like you have anxiety
1: yeah
0: and i'm like no and he's like well we're going to medicate you like we're going to start with like some low dose i don't even know what it was lexapro lexapro yeah Yes. So they started me on like the lowest like dose you could possibly do of Lexapro. Like it was pretty much a placebo. Like it was nothing. And he's like, let's start you on this. It's like, let's see like how it goes and then we can increase it if we need to or whatever. I came home from that appointment and I was like still kind of like in denial because I was like I had spent nine months in my mind thinking something was like physically wrong with me. And now basically what he was telling me was that like it was all in my head. So like that was like a pill to swallow. And and he he wasn't telling me it was all in my head. He he was the one who told me and explained like, no, you're experiencing real physical symptoms of anxiety and that's how anxiety works. He's a PCP, primary care. He said, of all the patients I see in my office, do you know what my number one diagnosis is? And I said, what? And he said, generalized anxiety disorder. Damn. I said, holy shit. Like that's when I realized I was like, oh, fuck, we are all fucked up. Like we all have this. Like we all have anxiety. Like, that's his number one diagnosis, like not the flu, not the common right. cold, like fucking generalized anxiety disorder. And I was like, holy shit. I wanted to be like, this is wrong. This is not right. Yeah. Like I, I still have to figure out what I'm dying from. I realized that if there's even a, a chance that he's right and that this is anxiety disorder related, the only way I'm going to get better. Is to believe it. Right. Because if I continued to be like, nope, it's something else, and like I would just continue to spiral out of control and it was yeah. only going to get worse. The only prayer I have is I have to buy in. I have to believe, even if this is not what it is, I have to buy into anxiety disorder and then change my thinking. Like I have to change the way I'm thinking about it because
1: that's the only way to stop it. I'm looking at my notes right now, and one of the symptoms of Illness anxiety disorder is finding little or no reassurance from doctor's visits or negative test results. <laughs> so this right. is you right now.
0: <laughs> At the beginning, I would say that I didn't really believe it, mm-hmm. but I faked myself out into believing it because I knew that was the only way out of the way I was feeling. Like I'm going to pretend to believe it, right? To believe what he just diagnosed me with, and and so I started like training my mind. Every time a symptom would come up, because I still had physical symptoms, like they didn't just all go away overnight. Every time a physical symptom would come up, I would just be like, nope, that's just anxiety. That's just part of my anxiety. That's just my body reacting to anxiety. Like, I don't need to look it up. I don't need to go down a rabbit hole to figure out what it Mm -hmm. is. It's just anxiety. And if I go down the rabbit hole, it's going to get worse. If I back off and just say, nope, that's just part of my anxiety. I'm just going to, you know, do other things to lessen my anxiety, you know, like, and I started doing a lot of the tips that we've talked about on all of our episodes. I'm going to just start trying to relieve the anxiety and then the symptom will drop off as a result. So I started doing that. And granted, I was also on the medication. I think the medication either helped as a placebo or truly helped in the beginning because I was like so bad that I needed to like be reined back into some normal state. But I very quickly got off of the medication and the doctor actually. And of course, like this is where I get into my whole spiel about like all of our systems are fucked up in this country. But like the doctor, I feel like has incentive to prescribe me that medication and to keep oh, me on yeah. that medication. And I actually liked this guy for the couple of times I saw him. But when I was talking to him about like, I don't think I need the medication. Like, I think my mind work is helping. Yeah. I'm going to stop the medication. He was like no, your mind is not able to do that. Like your mind is not powerful enough to like do that. It's you need the medication. And I was like,
1: but no, your mind is powerful enough to cause all this anxiety things happening to you. It's powerful for that, but not powerful enough to think the other way. So you can stop taking the medication. Exactly. (laughs) At that point, I was like, I tapped
0: out. I never went to another appointment again. And I never took medication again. And I was like, we're done with you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And, And I've been great. Like I've just found ways to manage it mentally.
1: Yeah, that works for you. People that are listening, don't stop taking your medication. Don't stop taking your medication. <laughs> we are not doctors.
0: <laughs> it was such like a crazy thing that like even like I had like this like rashy thing that started on my foot, and I still have it. Like it still comes and mm-hmm. goes.
1: I get it too. On your foot? Yeah, right where I, my tattoo is. Interesting. It gets really red. Mine is on my tattoo
0: foot too. Yeah, it's not on the other foot.
1: If I get out of the shower. Or if like I'm at the, like anything like that in the area will get like red and irritated for some reason. Yeah.
0: And like it, so. it, sometimes it's like raised bumps. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes yeah. it turns like kind of purpley. Sometimes it's mm-hmm. not. And like it would come and go and it seemed like it was growing. And like so at this time, this was all happening as part of my anxiety symptoms before I got diagnosed. And I was literally this is how messed up I was in the head. Every night I'd go to bed and I would be Googling and I'd be researching stuff. And I convinced myself I had all these fucking things. And I was like, it's cancerous. Like it's in my mind, I was like, this is I have like a cancer growing in my foot. Yeah. And I I mentally prepared myself for needing to amputate my foot.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm not laughing because I've had those thoughts too.
0: (laughs) It was like my way of coping. They're gonna have to amputate my foot. And I'm I just need to be okay with that happening. So like I would preemptively just start envisioning my life like in a wheelchair like what I was how I was gonna live without my foot and I was like it's fine like I'll be fine without a foot like I don't need my foot we're gonna catch it early enough it's not gonna spread to the rest of my body and that's like that's what anxiety does
1: yeah it does I did the same thing after my I had my leg that was swollen after COVID I had a bunch of random shit happen to me after my after getting COVID and same thing my leg was so swollen I went to the doctors too nothing came out of it but I already in my brain was like I'm gonna have to chop this leg off (laughs) I've had both grandparents get their legs amputated on both sides my mom's and my dad so already I was like (laughs) it's it's gonna start with me yeah Yeah.
0: like we laugh like when we say this out loud because it sounds so ridiculous and like people who people who know me are gonna hear this and they're gonna be like oh my god I didn't know she was so fucking crazy
1: that's what I went through. And that's how my mind used to think. I feel like we can kind of laugh about it now. But like at that moment in time, it feels real. Mm-hmm. Same like in the past summer when I quote unquote thought I had rabies. I I was not, I couldn't laugh about it.
0: No, I was now, laughing at you. Yeah. But-, <laughs>
1: <laughs> but like now I'm just like, Kelly, you were ridiculous. You spent the whole summer thinking you had fucking rabies. Like, come on. I would, <laughs> I wanted to like go to the emergency room and be like, Can you fucking shoot me with a rabies vaccine? No one can tell you any different. And you just think, now we can laugh about it. Obviously, it was ridiculous. Like, Kelly, you pet, a ran- you pet a random dog in Mexico. You don't have rabies. <laughs>
0: yeah. And so even like my foot thing, like it never went away, but I Same. had to just change the way I thought about it. Like it's still there. And like sometimes it like wires up and then it like, goes away for a while or whatever. And like whenever I see it now, I just have to literally look at it and be like, oh, that's just like, it's just my anxiety symptom. It's coming in to say hello. Yeah. It's just my anxiety (laughs) symptom. It's just telling me that it's it's like my body telling me that I need to like step back, take a break, reassess. Like, yeah, something is causing anxiety that I need to just like address and then it'll go away. And I don't stress about it anymore. And it, it used to get worse when I would stress about it.
1: Did we ever Google if there's like something from getting tattoos?
0: Uh, yeah, I googled that as part of all my stuff, but like and the thing is like something could still be wrong with my foot Like i'm not saying that like i've cleared myself yeah. of the fact that like something's not wrong Something could be wrong, but I can't worry about it. Yeah. I can't I it can't consume me If something happens That's bad enough that causes me to need to go to the doctor and they find something and they fucking do have to amputate my foot sometime down the road. That's fine And we'll cross that bridge when we get to it, but we need to not be Living that as your reality before it happens.
1: Yeah, you can't let that control your everyday like you can't be thinking about it every day.
0: No, you can't yeah. you can't live it as if it's your reality when it's not your reality. It's it's mm-hmm. a fabricated reality that you've made for yourself. Live it when it comes. If that happens down the road, it happens. And then you right. can live with it and deal with it at that point. But you can't just live in that every day.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But yeah, we should probably we should probably Google that and get it checked out. <laughs> listeners are gonna like be like hey girls I think you have this <laughs> and we're gonna go down a rabbit hole.
1: Sounds like you have like some type of poison in from your tattoo. I'm gonna be like yeah maybe I
0: absolutely thought that because it's on my tattoo foot and my other foot's fine.
1: I have like a pore print on my on my foot and it comes off the pore print. Like it gets red near the uh, pore print. So I'm like, oh it's I'm fucking poisoned. (laughs) Like, just my 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 foot is poisoned.
0: Which I mean, it checks out, right? (laughs) It (laughs) It checks out. (laughs) We we injected some fucking ink into our body, in our bloodstream. Checks out,
1: right? Yeah, I guess that's what we get for inking ourselves. All this to just say that
0: the anxiety is real. The the symptoms that you feel are real, but it's all in like mentally how you manage it.
1: And don't get me wrong, obviously, like, some things do turn into stuff. Like, certain symptoms obviously become things. You know, like, you know, people get diagnosed. They always hate to bring up cancer, but I don't know what the stats are, but people get diagnosed with cancer, all these different things every day, probably, in the world. So there are obviously, like, symptoms that you. I feel like if you have worrisome symptoms, then yeah, of course, definitely go get it checked out. (laughs) I'm not against that. If I could go to the doctor like every other week, I would. (laughs) I'm always like, can I do an MRI? Like do all these things on us already just so it can be like a preventative. I always say an MRI should be part of your physical. I don't know why it's not. I know it's too expensive and insurance isn't going to do that bullshit. they'd rather people be sick in America so they can make money off of us why can't an mri be part of our physical like we do blood work why can't an mri be thrown in there it's money it's greed
0: i know but think of all of the the things that they would find to treat all the money that they would make so if i ever become president <laughs> 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 that's what i'm running on <laughs> oh my gosh Not eliminating (laughs) for-profit hospitals, just adding in the MRI, giving them more profit. (laughs) Absolutely. The thing that my doctor had told me when he first diagnosed me was that you still need to have a normal level of worry about things. I guess kind of being in that middle category is like normal. What I had and what you have and what a lot of people have is an excessive amount of worry. About things like normal people would have, like, some medical thing happen to them, and they would either just be like, Oh, maybe I'll give my doctor a call and go to the appointment, and then they'll just like trust what their doctor says, and then they'll move on, versus what we do, which is just taking everything (laughs) to its worst possible outcome immediately.
1: Absolutely. I know, I know no other way. (laughs) I used to go to my doctors with like a notepad of lists, like on my phone, I had lists of things that I wanted to ask about. And I do it for my dog too. Even now I'm like, is it normal for this to happen? Is it normal for this? Like I still do it for my dog. Not so much me anymore, but my little note section on my phone would be questions for my doctor.
0: <laughs> so I, I don't do that now. Cause I don't, I don't go to the doctor anymore, <laughs> but I was doing that when I had my anxiety issues like i was keeping basically like a diary of like everything that was happening with me and then i was like explaining it to like every doctor i went to i'd go through my on this date this is what was happening to me and then this happened and then this happened
1: right for that survey the survey thing you said it says to document to like document like things that, like did it say so it's like it's not not abnormal to show up to the doctors with a diary <laughs> and be like yo this is what happened to me on this day We're out of
0: time for today guys, but next week on it's called culture, we'll continue this conversation and here's a sneak peek. So the other thing that I want to talk about cuz I feel like it was somehow linked into this in a in a weird way was pregnancy and how ha- and having a baby because of the way that that changes your body.